Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Yesterday you were talking about uh, wives and husbands and how they should live together as we read in Ephesians chapter 5. And uh, you made the point, Colin, that this is very much God's order for the family and in our society that is really suffering from such breakdown in family life, how important it is that as Christians we understand this. And we saw clearly that what the scripture says is that wives are to submit to their husbands because the husband loves the wife just as Christ loves the church. So her submission is a response to the husband's love not to the husband's domineering attitudes, just as our response to Jesus is a response to his love. We love because he first loved us. I can just hear some some wives saying, though, if only I had that sort of a marriage. I mean, this we're talking about perfection here, aren't we? Well, we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about God's principles. Now, of course, where there are problems in a marriage, um, then uh, those are things that you have to work through. But the problems are sometimes on the wife's side because of her unwillingness to submit, just as they can be on the husband's side because he will not take the spiritual leadership. But, you know, we th- this is not really an occasion for us to do an extended series of programs on Christian marriage. Um, perhaps we can do that another time. But if we just continue to see what Paul says, because we left off yesterday in the middle of his argument, verse 28 of chapter 5, when you consider these truths, you can see how husbands need to love their wives. Christ loves his church as his own body. So husbands love their wives as you would your own bodies. Uh, Husbands, you see, you are to love your wives just the way that you love your own body. You see, the husband who loves his wife also loves himself. Why? Because the two have become one flesh. That's how God sees us. So treat your wife in the same way that you would treat your own body. You do not hate your body by willingly inflicting any harm on it. Instead, you feed and care for it, even as Christ feeds and cares for us, because we are members of his body, the church. In order to love your wives in the way God intends, it is written clearly that a man will leave his father and mother and become one with his wife. Husband and wife become one flesh. Now, that truth is the basis of all Christian marriage and sexuality. That is a key verse to understand why premarital sex is outside of God's order. Any sexual activity outside the marriage between a husband and a wife is outside of God's order. It is, in God's eyes, sin. Because to him, that physical union between a man and a woman makes them one flesh. They become one person. And and that's the principle that Christians always need to hold good to. I, I, I think it's very sad that in my lifetime there's been such an increase of divorce among Christians and even among Christian ministers. I, you know, it, it is such a travesty, really, of the truth. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's allowing the standards of the world to come into the church instead of the church really being able to make a statement to the world of what love and commitment is all about. So... Uh, it, it's very important for our young people to understand because they live in a permissive society. But what you must remember is that this letter written to the Ephesians was written to uh, a society that was probably even more permissive than our present society. 
you know, to say that, oh, society has gone down the chute and, uh, you know, it, the point is that the, the society that existed in the Roman Empire at that time was a very libertine and sexually free society. And so the early Christians had to face very similar situations to what we're having to face today. And uh, yes, there were some uh, people that had been uh, Jewish believers before they became Christians, and they would have been brought up under a strict legal code. But all the Gentile believers didn't live under such a code at all, a very liberal, very libertine kind of society. So these are not new problems that we're facing today. But what we must hold to is this principle that, you know, the two, the man leaves his father and mother, becomes one with his wife, the two become one flesh. And Paul says this is a profound truth about Christ and his church that not everybody understands. We have been united with Christ as believers. We live in him and he lives in us. So we don't want to prostitute our relationship with Christ, just as husbands and wives are not to prostitute their relationship with one another by indulging in any sexual activity outside that marriage. Yet in the same way, Paul says, every one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and a wife should always show respect for her husband because he cares for her. So this is the this is the, if you like, the Christian ideal. And yes, there are situations pastorally which we'll come up against where that ideal is not always being exercised. But what you are attempting to do is always to bring people back to the Word of God, back to the Scripture, back to seeing that the Holy Spirit lives within every believer to enable the Word of God to be outworked in their lives. And if husbands and wives who are going through a difficult patch in their marriage, if they were prepared to both depend upon the Holy Spirit, he would bring them into a unity of love that they need. God is able to do that. I've seen it happen many, many times in marriages, almost miraculously sometimes when people's attitudes towards one another change almost overnight. So, you know, no Christian marriage is beyond redemption if both the husband and the wife want reconciliation and are prepared to trust God to bring it about in their lives. And that's certainly God's best purpose because we know he hates divorce. But we've got to move on. So, you know, we begin chapter six with the question, what about children? They are to obey their parents in the same way that they would obey the Lord, for this is right in his eyes. Now, you notice that what Paul is saying about wives, about husbands, and now about children, is all a reflection of our right attitude towards the Lord. You get your spiritual relationship with God right, and then your relationship with one another can be right. So it isn't just that children are to submit to their parents, but you bring up your children to know the Lord, to understand who the Lord is and why it's so important to be submissive and obedient to him, and then they will be obedient to their parents. And, you know, we brought up our children that way, and I praise God that they never went through any teenage rebellion or anything like that. Uh, you know, we work through issues with them, and they have families now. All the children, all the grandchildren really love the Lord. If you make Jesus king in your home, 
then the children are going to benefit as well as the marriage is going to benefit and then that your children's children will benefit and so on. It's all a question of, of getting the relationship with God right first. And in, in, in verse 2 of chapter 6, Paul says, that God has commanded, give honor to your father and mother. This is the first of the commandments that has a promise attached to it. Then you will prosper in the long life that God will grant you on the earth. Fathers, you are not to cause your children to be frustrated. You are not to, su to suppress them or their giftings, but rather you are to train them, instructing them in the Lord's ways. In other words, no domineering husbands, no domineering fathers. You know, we, we have people come through our Bible school and, of course, young people in the church. And it's amazing how much have been damaged by domineering fathers, Christian fathers, you know, who in their desire to see their children being righteous have gone about it in completely the wrong way and have brought their children up in a very legalistic way, whereas they themselves were never brought up like that. And they, they might say, well, I wasn't a Christian when I was brought up, but that's no way to bring a Christian child up. You've got to help uh, your children to come to their own personal faith, their own personal walk in the Lord, their personal relationship with him, so that the Holy Spirit can work in their lives and enable them to relate to their parents in the right way, to relate to one another, and to be the witnesses in their schools and colleges that they need to be. It just shows how powerful uh, demonstrating these things is, isn't it? Living them out. Absolutely. And um, we are all witnesses. You see, our family life should be a witness. And then Paul goes on to talk about, well, in the original, it talks about slaves and masters. In, in the truth, I've sort of updated the context and talk about um, attitudes in the workplace. And what should your attitude be in the workplace? Show a good, obedient attitude towards those in authority over you. Respect them and the position they hold and do this sincerely from your heart, even in the way that you would obey Christ, your heavenly master. See, there again, your relationship to others in the workplace is a reflection of your relationship to God. It is not a matter of simply wanting to find favor with your bosses, Paul continues, especially when they are watching what you are doing. No, you need to have a submissive heart and attitude doing what is right because you want to please Christ who also sees what you are doing. If you regard what you do at work as serving the Lord rather than men, then you will do it wholeheartedly with a good heart attitude. What is more, the Lord is the one who will reward us for the way we have worked, whether we are bosses or workers. So a word for those of you who have responsibility over others at work, treat them as Christ treats you. Do not threaten them because your Lord does not threaten you. And he is master over everyone, reigning as he does in heaven. He does not show favoritism to anyone, but deals fairly and justly with all. So that is what you are to do. So... You bosses, you are to create kingdom culture in the workplace. And those of you who are work for bosses, you too are to encourage that kingdom culture as far as you're able. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 